0: So, being 18 years old and competitive, I'd used the day to establish my alpha dog status among my new peers. I'd caught more passes, rode more waves, and spiked more volleyballs than the next guy. I looked nothing like the J Crew had seated near me. I was 6 feet 2 and weighed 210 pounds, built more like a Midwestern farm boy than an East Coast patrician. My hair was plastered with seaweed, and I had a mouthful of stainless steel orthodontic work. I realized later, to my horror, that there were flecks of seaweed, the exact same green as the yin-yang symbol on my board shorts, stuck in my braces. But none of that seemed to matter to the curly-haired fellow I'd noticed a few minutes before. He walked up to me, stuck out his hand, and said, Yo, my name's John. What's yours? Matching his friendly tone, I answered, Rob Littell, and we shook hands. John and I swapped high school war stories for half an hour or so. He'd gone to Andover, a storied prep school in Massachusetts. I told him I was playing lacrosse for Brown. He told me he'd never played a team sport but was considering rugby. We hit it off immediately. He was cool, funny, and restless. He laughed at my oddball sense of humor. I liked his good-natured confidence. Someone blew a whistle, and we filed back onto a bunch of old yellow school buses. Bouncing towards Providence, battling motion sickness and a carbon monoxide headache, I dimly heard my new roommate, Bradley Forster, say that the guy I'd been talking with was John F. Kennedy, Jr. This was news to me. I had no idea that he was at Brown, or even that he was such a big deal. In high school, I'd played sports, period. If People magazine existed in those days, we didn't get it at our house. I muttered to Bradley that John seemed friendly enough, and I returned to my nausea. I remember being vaguely proud of my ignorance. The next time I saw John was the following week— at my dormitory on the north side of campus. I was returning from class one afternoon and found him penning a note on the little bulletin board I'd Velcroed to the wall of my cinder block alcove. He'd stop by to say hi, so I treated him to a sampling of the B-52s and the talking heads. I was glad to see him. We clashed immediately over music. I was in new wave while John was a throwback, a purist who preferred rock and roll to pop, and the Rolling Stones to everything, and argued happily for an hour. John told me to come by his room sometime, so a few days later I headed over there. I remember thinking it was like an experiment. I'd see how it felt, if it would be easy and fun, or awkward and not worth the effort. John's room was a classic freshman dorm room, furniture from the 50s, a rotary phone, two narrow twin beds, and a roommate seemingly chosen at random. The roommate, John Mubayed, was from Providence, A local guy with a perpetual, slightly sheepish smile. He didn't get too involved in the whirl of attention around John. They had a live and let live arrangement that seemed to work quite well. When I arrived at his room, John put his, quote, master recording of Super Tramp's Breakfast in America on the stereo. I still don't know what a master recording is, but it sounded better than my records did. I soon learned that, no surprise, there were a lot of perks to being famous. John constantly received freebies and upgrades and master recordings of top 40 hits. Didn't faze him, though, partly because it had been the norm all his life. He certainly didn't go looking for freebies, accepting most gifts just to be polite. We started to hang out together, doing the normal things kids do at college. We went to parties, drank beer, and played frisbee. Sometimes we hung on at Toad Hall, the lacrosse fraternity. Although I didn't think about it at the time, John had other options besides drinking beer and meeting jocks. Within weeks of the beginning of classes, and before the social cement had set, I met John's cousin Carrie Kennedy, who was also at Brown, and her beautiful friend Nancy Richardson, who eventually married John's cousin and confidant, Bobby Kennedy. I recall a Wednesday conversation with them about the upcoming weekend. John and I had run into them at the Blue Room, the mid-campus coffee shop and center of social activity at Brown. After a bit of small talk, I asked Nancy, What are you guys doing this weekend? She replied, We're going to Virginia to ride horses. It should be fun. She added, Do you want to come? I think John's going. Shocked that anyone might opt out of a beer-soaked weekend at the local fraternities to go horseback riding in another state, I answered, perhaps a bit defensively, We're going to Fisai. John changed his weekend plans on the spot. Assuming a perfect Lockjaw accent, he exclaimed, To Faisai, as if it were the fox at the end of the hunt. We all laughed, and that weekend John and I went to Faisai.